Hey everyone, and welcome to the Thrive24 podcast. This podcast is with me and my friend who is also a coach, Sam. We discuss and go over our step-by-step process on how we get a client into the shape of their lives. If you listen to this podcast, all you need to do is follow the value and you yourself can get into the shape of your life. If you found this helpful and if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to drop it a like, make sure to share it, and make sure to drop it a review. Let's get into it. First things first, client joins your program. What's happening? So client joins the program. Um, so before, like, so before they've joined, it's like we need to know what their struggles are, what their like the, what the barriers are for them reaching their goals, what the goals are themselves. Um, making sure that it's all really important to them, making sure that there's a strong why behind behind the goals. You know, it's all good and well saying, I just want to lose some weight, but actually, you know, why why do you want to lose some weight? What do impact you, is it having on your life? Do, do you think everyone needs a strong why? I think the, the why is, is subjective. Like, for me, my why is I want to stand on a bodybuilding stage next year. For some people, it's I can't walk up the stairs or I can't play with my kids, but like my knees hurting. I think it's just completely subjective. I do think you need a strong why, yeah. But mm-hmm. I think what that why is, is very individual to you as a person, as an individual. How so, Do you agree? Yeah, so I do think everyone does need a why. It's either a why or it's a consequence. Yeah. And to find that, I think is, it's not easy, but normally it comes to you because I know people, for example, who won't get in the shape, won't get in shape, even when they're at death's door, mm. when they've, or they might have um, a child come into the world and you'd think, oh my God, are they going to make sure that things are going to change? And it still doesn't. So the mm. for some people, I do think, how strong can a Y even be? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I... I do see a lot. I see it as you need a why or you need to be running away from something like a consequence. Like, for example, um, like, for example, a consequence being you're going to die early. If you don't do something, you know, over the next three months, you're going to, you know, pass away, for example. That's a heavy consequence. That's what I'd say. Is it like, yeah, so a big health scare. I know you've had that in the past, haven't you, with, with certain clients? Well, yeah, with, with clients, yeah. Uh, I've helped yeah. clients reverse um, diabetes. That's uh, three clients yeah. that I've helped reverse type 2 diabetes. Um, yeah. I've got clients who have been 26, 27, 28 stone, and that is like life on the line sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. So the why is the why is really important. Um, mm-hmm. And then just going in on that, you know, I just want to lose weight, but yeah, cool. Why? So just, just go, going in on that and, and making sure that there's, they know, you know, how life could look when it's, when it's not that way. And then after that, the next steps for me are, you know, okay, so we've got their goals in place. How are we going to get there? What does that look like? So for the training, like it has to be a realistic training schedule that they can follow. You know, uh, a 41-year-old Spanish mum of two is going to be very different to a 21-year-old um, engineer who who works for JCB. That's just two examples of people who I've got right now. So firstly, it's just making sure that the... Pro- Sorry. Firstly, before we go into, say, setting, 
sort of um instead of like, like talking about the plans and things well i see a lot of the time and you probably notice when we are on calls with uh, potential clients or people joining our program a lot of them don't even know what goals they should be setting or what is actually realistic yeah. so yeah. they come they and the amount of time so it's i'd probably say out of 10 it's probably about half would say to me i'm not actually sure what goals i want i just know that something needs to change so in this case i always go for three very basics i always go for a lot of the time it's going to be weight loss goal mm-hmm. so i at least set a, a vague number but a metric at least that we can measure yeah i then normally go for a energy goal and yeah. what i mean by that is like um, that you want to be able to wake up and feel like you've now got energy. You want to be able yeah. to feel fitter doing different things. Uh, and then the next one is normally a little bit of a, you know, we just, I, I normally have a chat with a client about it and I see what we can come up with. But a lot of the time it is things like actually being consistent in the gym or actually being independent around food, things like that. Yeah. So there's like, I'd say that's a good point, actually. So often like you say they're not 100 percent sure what those goals look like but they've said things they've said things like i'd like to build healthy habits or you know i've got all these clothes that i can no longer fit in anymore that kind of thing so they're 100 so you like you say there's always that that sort of metric goal um lose weight but you just get more specific as to as to what weight and obviously the the, the why like for example i always get you know i you know back in 2018 when i was i was below 15 stone this is how life looked that's you know where I'd love to get back to to start with kind of thing. So there's always like that that weight goal for sure or that metric or some description. Then I'd like there's often a visual as well, like a visual change, the visual changes I'd like to see. So um, obviously tightening up around the waist uh, for females, it's often that that toning um, that that they want to see, just generally sort of like getting lean. And then the sort of like wardrobe goals, like being able to fit into old clothes, etc. Performance goals in the gym is often a big one as well, especially for for males, like to see their strength improve and then energy, like you said, that's one I get often. Uh, energy improvements and then like just the other day, it was you know I some this guy who I've who I've taken on board, he's like this is this is his third week. Uh, he said to me, I used to be an engine on the football pitch and now I just can't even play anymore. Like mm-hmm. so, for like a performance based goal, and I like performance based goals as well because they're you see progress with them a lot faster than you may necessarily with the with the visuals, for example. And at which point, if you start to see progress with that, then it's just more motivating and they're more likely to to keep at it and stay consistent and and yeah, stay motivated. And then and then the last one would be like the, the habits. So make this sustainable. I want to know how to get to where I want to be and then stay there. Uh, and that's something that I, I absolutely know that we both do for sure. Uh, probably got different ways of doing it, but uh, yeah, they're usually the area of goals and then you know just going in on them and the impact of that for that particular person what's the impact of you being below 15 stone again what's the impact of you having more energy being able to get back on the football pitch be able to go back in the swimming pool you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. i always lately it's like been a lot about running as well a lot of people that came to me want to get into running want to be able to run 5ks a lot of the time it is to help you um, to do with fitness in regards to sport and um teams and things like that yeah but so, something that you brought up was like oh i want to get back to how i used to be when i was 21 say for example yeah i see that 
And when I hear that on a call, I see it as a bit being a bit of a crutch. Uh, because yeah, because uh, the, the the person, for me, in my own opinion, is wanting in 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 their mind, they just want to get back to what they used to be. They're not actually mm. seeing any sort of future. Mm. And but go on. I I agree with you. I just think I agree with you. They just they have no idea what that future could even look yeah. like. You know, all and, they know is how they used to look and how they used to feel. Yeah. And that's when I always say to them, it's like you've dipped your toe into the water. You yeah. don't know, you're not actually, you don't know what is actually possible for you. And I'd always say that it's not looking at that old version of you because I find that then that person will always compare on the journey. Like, oh, I used to be like this, so I used to be like this. So that's gone now. You've made mistakes to get to where you are today. It's simple as that. You are no longer that old version of you. Things have changed. Circumstances have changed. You've got to, I would say to my clients, you've got to focus on this new version of you, just becoming the best version of you possible. What you'll I really notice, like that. What, what you'll notice in three, six months time is that you've surpassed the old self. But from there, it's just carrying on, just becoming the best and using just yourself as competition. But don't use the old self that you used to, the, the, the old self that you used to think you used to love. Because a lot of the times I found as well as that, even though that old self was the best position they'd ever been in, they still weren't happy there. And But because, because it's so far different from where they are right now, it feels like that's that was the best part of their life, even though their life at that time still wasn't great. Yeah, so that's such good. I really like that. That's really yeah. good. It, it's just, just something I, I mentioned to them because I see it all the time and it only lacks when I always see it in people who lack self-belief that they'll say they want to get back to the version of their own old, old selves. Um, but no, you can be much more than that, I think. And then moving forward, you know, we've set goals, for example. So I normally on calls will only set the goals for the 90 days. Moving forward in the program, I set goals for six, 12 months, et cetera. But at the start, I'm like, okay, let's at least box off these 90-day goals. So an example of what this would be, like as a metric, is I normally say you can lose 10% of your body weight in pounds. Yeah. So if you're 200 mm-hmm. pounds, you, on average, weekly, you can lose about two pounds. Yeah. Then from there, I'll say energy-wise, how do we measure that? Well, you normally measure that by just normally the feeling the amount of clients that I'll message me and they'll be like, oh, you know what? I just feel like I've got so much more energy. I feel like I'm getting up and doing more. That's how we'd measure that. And then things like measuring, say, for example, consistency in the gym. How do we measure that? Just making sure every workout is tracked. Yeah? Yeah. Making sure you've trained in the gym three times a week like you're meant to. That's how we then track the consistency with that as well. Where would you then, you've set goals to the clients. What's the next step after that? So the how, like how are we gonna like how are we gonna get there? Mm-hmm. Which is the the program, the the dietary side of things, be it like calories, protein. Protein is always the most daunting element of the 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 nutritional aspect of, of my coaching, I'd say, for the majority of people. People have never most people haven't ever really tracked food before. If they have, it's been not in the way that we're going to do it. They've either been, in my opinion, far too restrictive or they've just not tracked at all. So it's getting them used to 
tracking calories and protein basically uh, and then protein is often the one that's the, the that's the most that the most that is the most daunting uh, which we'll come on to but then yeah from a training perspective so how many times per week have can you train like how long have you got to train on those individual sessions is it like half an hour 45 minutes or like an hour and a half whatever and then with that information we we go away and we and we build it so always making sure that for example you know i'll always ask what gym do they use or if they're doing home workouts then i want photos of, of anything any equipment that they have so i have all the tools that i need to make sure that they have something realistic that they can do consistently because it's that consistency piece which is ultimately going to snowball and help them you know get to where they want to be have them achieving their goals uh, but then also i really think it's important that there's an element of enjoyment like for example I don't necessarily think that you obviously you don't need to run in order to lose body fat, but some people like to run. Like if you, you, your clients, for example, I've got a 5k running goal. You know, if a client enjoys running, then, you know, let, let's put a run in there. That's absolutely fine. And if there's an element of enjoyment, then again, we're more likely to be consistent with it. And therefore we're more likely to get positive results and they snowball and we reach your goals. So from a training aspect, that's how I'd go about approaching that always resistance training that's always the foundation that's always drilled home from the start you know as a minimum we need to be doing these sessions per week because that's what's going to drive fat loss that's what's going to drive the the changes that you want to see that's often something that people need to get their head around um mm -hmm. quite often resistance training isn't something that they're all that familiar with and then yeah, but make sure there's an element of enjoyment. I don't throw in cardio straight away. Cardio is a tool that we can utilize when we need to. Mm -hmm. You know, from an expenditure standpoint, it's always steps to start with. Um, and I usually have that target at a minimum of 8K. It depends yeah. on the individual, um, what lifestyle they have, what job they have. Are they a mum? Are they a, a, a dad? Or are they, you know, they sit behind a desk all day? Are they a landscape gardener? Like that just that just depends on, on the individual. But yeah, that's how I go about the exercise element of it but when in regards to okay well yeah someone will join our program we have to then get gather information from them age height weight it's a gym sessions things like that in regards to calories so obviously everyone is going to be different mm -hmm. what on average if we could give a base target for someone who comes in wants to lose weight what base target would you set for female and what base target would you set for male? And this is a bit of a, uh, you know, going to be a bit of a generalization. Because this is a generalization. Because yeah. obviously calories will far differ from each person to person. But for anyone who's listening to this, you can just use this as a guidance um, and I'm out of guidance. How many would you say? <clears throat> so I'd say for a female... I'd say somewhere between 14 and 16 mm -hmm. with 30% of that coming from protein is what I'd say. And then for a male, I would say somewhere between 2000 and 2200 mm -hmm. as a ballpark. So let's just say 1500 for a female and 2100 for a male, just to keep it yeah. simple. And again, the same thing for, for a male, 30% of that calorie, that daily calorie intake coming from protein. Yeah. In general, oh, well, I probably agree with those. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. It is, the main thing is making sure that the protein is at like 30%. That's the 100%. Key. 
100 percent. so i'd always say sorry go on no no you go i was gonna say so i'd always say calories are king and protein is queen so ca- like calories are are the biggest contributing factor being in a calorie deficit is the biggest contributing yeah. factor to that individual losing weight and then that protein is a close second protein being key for muscle growth muscle recovery satiation at which point you sort of like back your body into a corner of okay we'll lose body fat now because i need all this muscle and i've got enough protein to prioritize its recovery i'm still in the calorie deficit therefore i have to turn to my body fat stores as energy and that's when we start to lose the lose the body fat i would, I would say macros can sometimes be very overwhelming and what i'd say in yeah. this case is <clears throat> to understand that as long as you're aiming for 30 percent protein the other two will realistically take care of themselves 100 percent. i always say i don't give a shit about carbs and fat i don't care how much of it you're having the likelihood is it'll change from day to day as you go about eating different things as you should as part of a varied diet as long as those calories are there and as long as that protein's there it does like you know it doesn't matter especially for someone who is you know, being in a level, getting into hundred percent, getting into shape. Yeah, hundred percent. That's all, all, all yeah. you need to care about. And hundred percent. When it comes to the protein, what I would say for the people listening, how to deal with this is, I because this is a question I will always get asked. I always get asked, oh well, what, what food is high in protein? And I'll give some sort of options. I'll give like oh, eggs, tuna, uh, chicken, whatever. But uh, you already know all that. And if you're listening, you already know what foods are high in protein. We all learned it in school. We generally know what's high in protein. But the thing is, it's finding food that works for you. And you're the only person who is in control of doing that. What I say to my clients is when you go and do your weekly food shop, it has an opportunity for you to grab a packet of whatever, turn it around, look at what's in the food. Then this is then building your knowledge of every single food shop. Week on week on week on week, you're looking at the back of food. You're like, okay, this is high in protein. I had this last week. I actually enjoyed it. I'm going to keep this in my food plan. This this is how you've got to work around it. You can't expect someone to give you a meal plan and you stick to that for the rest of your life. You've got to find food that works for you and works for you in your life. But you have to be that person who implements and does that. You can't expect people to do things for you. No. This is where this. Sorry, go on. I was just saying you've got you've got to be able to. You know, nowadays more than any, you can go into Aldi, and there's so many protein products. Or you know, you look at the meat. There's so many things that say high in protein on the front of the packet. We're lucky that that this is now a thing. Back when I first started dieting, you know, or eight or getting in shape only about eight years ago not many food packets had high protein on it not many you know it was difficult to find any sort of uh, protein pudding they're pretty sure they didn't even exist i was sat there eat, eat, eating greek yogurt constantly uh-huh. there, there's so yeah. much now that does exist because of how times have changed but if you're not going out there and trying things and looking at things and experimenting with things well then you're not going to be able to hit your protein goal and you've got to be constantly learning of thinking of ways of how you can get to that yeah this is that's that for me is where 
that was my point to be fair that's where tracking comes in because which is why tracking is such a valuable tool because it's a very much a learn by doing you learn about what's in the food that you're eating by tracking and you learn about what works well for you by going out and, and tracking your food so you know i say to anyone listening to this tracking food is not forever tracking food should not be something that you pick up and you have to keep doing for the rest of your life absolutely no way tracking is the fastest way of getting you from a to b from where you are now to where you want to be you know if we're not measuring we're not managing we have to me- measure our calorie input our energy input to make sure we're in that all important calorie deficit right so that's the first reason but the second reason is it's just a fantastic learning tool you know it's about finding what works well for you that's where the results last that's where the sustainability comes in because that person knows what their diet looks like in order for them to remain as they are you know how what their favorite protein choices are you know roughly how how much of that they need a a day in order to get sufficient protein in that all comes with yes guidance and support from us 100 you know it's not a stab in the dark like there are there's guidance left right and center you know one thing i'll do for my clients is you know i could paint a picture for a day in the life of what that person could look like for example just to get them going just to get them on the right foot but that tracking element is, you know, a fantastic way for, 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 for clients or anyone listening to this to learn about, you know, what works well for them. I think people are very all or nothing too. And I think that when it mm. comes to it is that they're like, oh, well, I want to hit 30% protein first day in. I'm going to do, I'm going to, you know, I want to do that. I want to hit that. And then they realize it's actually quite probably unrealistic. What yeah. you've got you have got to realize that this is a learning process yeah. you're not just going that's to, where yeah i'd say that's where a realistic calorie goal comes in place to start with like if you go on my fitness pal that'll set you a calorie goal which is probably very low unrealistically low which doesn't set them up for success it's, it's not you know it's not needed it's not necessary to be that low in fact it's better if it stays a little bit higher because everything just becomes more manageable and as an individual goes through a diet, they have far more wiggle room rather than, you know, coming straight in at fucking something stupid like 1200 calories, which is, you know, going to be restrictive. It's going to be hard to hit. They're more likely to, to quote unquote fail at, at hitting that, at which point they become demotivated and feel like, oh, I can't do dieting. I can't do tracking. It's not for me. You know, if that calorie target is more realistic, then it just gives you loads more wiggle room it gives you loads more wiggle room to make mistakes, you know, because like you just said, then you have to be realistic, you know, that first week, the majority of people don't hit their protein target and that's fine. You know, that's fine. The effort is there. They're trying. And then it's just about being 1% better week on week. Okay, cool. With this work last week, how about we try something like this this week and see if we can get your protein higher that way. You know, I think we take for granted. I know I certainly do that. Everyone knows about a protein yogurt and a protein pudding and a protein bar. Like, absolutely not one of the best ever resources i've created for my clients is a grab and go protein guide from aldi literally i've tagged so many people in it it's on the on my coaching group just like grabbing like pre-cooked chicken fucking yeah protein bars yogurts the big adult fruit ones that you can have on the go like like you said there's a lot of options out there now and often it's just painting that picture for people and just pointing them in the right direction yeah i think that it's realizing that you are going to get better week on week and that's a learning process and that you're not here for a quick six week turnaround. You're here for a long game, for the long game. You're here for long term. Yeah. Then when it comes to 
so food has been, you know, basically um, covered. Calories, on average, female, I'd probably say 16, 15. Um, male, I'd probably say between 19 and 22, as you said. Um, yeah. Then when it comes to something I see a lot, and it's quite funny because actually I see it pretty much every single time. I read my form that my clients fill in after they joined and it'll say, how many sessions can you do per week? And it always either it's six or seven. Yeah. And I look, and I, and I look at it and I'm like, <laughs> no I know chance. you're motivated. I know you want to smash it, but this is not realistic. And it's quite funny because, so my American client um, yesterday had messaged me and he was like, I think you made the right decision, coach. <laughs> and I was like, Obviously, I mean, because I've, <laughs> I've said he had said he could train six times a week, and realistically, it was more than possible for him because he lives in a apartment complex with a gym. But yeah. I said you've got to realize that number one is that you need time for recovery. Number two, you need time to be able to still make sure that you're hitting all your steps, you're hitting all your food goals, which do take time. Going food shopping does take time. Cooking does take time. Okay. So you mm-hmm. can't expect yourself to do six sessions a week. So I put them on three sessions a week. And this is then also to allow them to actually have time for downtime as well, because a lot of people, when they come in, they will want to be all or nothing. They will just want to smash it out as if it's going to be, you know, get it done as quick as, but it doesn't work like that. This is something that you want for the rest of your life. So if you want it for the rest of your life, you've got to find something that is actually long-term sustainable and doing three sessions a week is going to let you go out on the weekend three sessions a week is going to let you maybe you know go out with your friends of an evening to the cinema and not have to be always be in the gym all the time and it's something I think is just overlooked by a lot of people when they first join I get you high on motivation you're like I just want to smash it I want to smash it I want to smash it which is great but it's during that time that you've got to just take a step back and realize okay I'm here for the long game and then just get moving forward from there. And you, if you have a proper coach in place, they will help give you something actually realistic. I will give the yeah. best I can to you. For example, I had a client of mine who has actually trained in five sessions for a year before they joined me and was already in decent shape. And that five sessions that they were doing was manageable for them and they enjoyed doing it. So when I looked at that, then I thought, okay, I can keep you on five sessions we just need to optimize them five sessions for you rather yeah. than, but when it comes to like beginners, especially just take a step back two, three sessions. Realistically is what I'd say at max, especially if you maybe want to get into things like I said, a lot of beginners wanted to start doing things like running and becoming that sort of like push towards the hybrid athlete sort of training mode. Um, and when doing that, it's just understanding that you've got to at least give yourself time to actually live life. 100%. So you said about it being realistic, and I totally agree. I'd also say it's about it being just, it's just not necessary to do five, six, seven sessions a week. Like you can get in, insane results off three resistance sessions per week, especially if those resistance sessions are effective and efficient. You know, we're hitting basic compound movements in the gym that are going to be using multiple muscle groups. Therefore you're getting really good bang for your buck in the time you're in the gym, which means you can, you know, bash out a 30 minute, 45 minute session 
and that's all you need you know that that sound so whether you know the amount of people like the majority of people who i have come on board you know it's three or four resistance sessions per week i've got very few people who do any who do many more than four and some people will start off on five and then actually you know we don't need to do five let's just move down to four that's that's what's more realistic and we know that's absolutely you know it's not necessary you don't have to go be going five days a week well okay if we were to give out a three-day plan firstly yeah. what split would you be looking at in in my, my own in my own opinion de- dependent on the person so I, I i do have people who do three days on full body split but one of my favorites that i do with clients is upper lower and full body same literally upper lower full body that's what i would always always go for in that split you're hitting every muscle group twice a week which is more efficient than hitting it just once a week which is say you know so for example if you did upper lower upper for example yes you'd hit upper twice a week but you don't be hitting lower once per week so upper lower full body gives you the best of both worlds um and i'd how always many, say how many how many sets would you be aiming for per muscle group per week just a short intermission just to let all of you guys know I have three spots left within my online coaching program. This program is designed to get you into the shape of your life in the quickest time possible. So if you are interested, pop over to my Instagram at coachgel underscore and drop me a little message with the word lean, that's L-E-A-N, and we can get started. Depending on that person's experience in the gym, I would be aiming at... So, uh, hang on, let me have a little think about that. I, I, I would so normally my say... My maths is terrible. I'd normally say it'd be, be between 12 to 18 per week. Yeah, I'd say I'd say even 10, to be honest. Yeah. I'd say even 10, uh, depending on that person's experience level. If, you know, if they're new to resistance training or they haven't lifted in the gym for a long time, then I'd say, you know, 10 is more than more than, yeah. more than necessary. Um, I'd always, you know, on those sessions, like an upper-lower, we definitely have some... Like some smaller muscle groups like arms in there and some more maybe isolated movements um but compound movements would be dominating across the across the week how many exercises per day six seven five or six mm-hmm. five or six and especially for full for especially for full body two compounds yeah. on each easy so what two compounds would you pick Let's let's give the give the listeners an actual basically a plan. Give the listeners an actual plan. All right, sound. So, do you want to do? I feel like one of us should do lower, and one of us should do upper. We'll we'll run through it together. So let, let's start right. start with upper. So upper wise, I always would start with um a either a chest press of some sort. If you're a, if you're a beginner in the gym, like I mean like very first time. So let's actually let's aim at a first time gym goer. I would never yeah. give them anything dumbbell based as a dumbbell press. Not yet. I would start them off initially just getting them used to the machines, especially for someone who would be anxious with the gym. So a movement for upper instantly, I always go for just the machine chest press. Yeah. Yeah. Machine then, chest press. Then on, on, onto back, I'm guessing both. Onto back, onto a, with a lap, lap onto pull a, down. Onto a pull, yeah, lap pull down or a machine row. Um, yeah. And I'd, always stipulate for a just go for a neutral row if you can do to start with because i think that's just an easier and a more simple movement pattern so for yeah. anyone it, the camera's on like will people be able to see this or is it just listening well it, it, it's just using the narrow handles yeah narrow handles there you go like, I was just about to say, um, so it's, it's not that it's that yeah um so 
I always, I'd always use the narrow handles to be honest, pretty much no matter what, until you get a lot, a lot more advanced and yeah, um, things change from there. So that's yeah. one chest, one back. I'd always incorporate one shoulder, which would be probably machine shoulder press. Yeah, I'd always go for another compound. So it's always, I say, it's always back to compound. So I do a machine shoulder press as well yeah. at that stage. Um, and then the second back exercise would be either a lap pull down or a row. So yeah, if you yeah. Um, and, and the lap pull down, shoulder, shoulder, shoulder width apart. Yeah, shoulder width apart, um, palms facing towards, like palms facing away from you. Yeah, I'd always say with a wide grip lap pull down as well. Just even even a wide grip sounds like it should be wide grip. I'd say mm. um, what you said there, just bring your hands in a bit closer. Uh, yeah, don't go width. all the way wide. You see it all the time, and I'm just like, it's not doing nothing at this rate. No wide people, no. people do lap pull downs, um, yeah. and then. I would... So that's four exercises. At, yeah, that's four exercises. Then I would always look at do, jumping in and making them do the machine fly. So pack deck. Um, and the, I, to be honest, initially at the start of a beginner program, I wouldn't put arms in because arms are the secondary muscle in every bloody exercise. So every up exercise in regards to if we do any chest, it's going to be working tricep. If we're going to be doing pull downs, it's going to be working bicep. So initially at the start, I wouldn't do that. Um, second program in, I'd likely just start adding in a little bit of arms, maybe towards the end. Um, so the only time I'd add in arms um, for that initial beginner is someone who, like someone who enjoys arm training, you know, and someone who's been training really, as, a, as, as, well. a, as a male, as a male, you know, you know, who doesn't like a bit of arm training? So I, yeah, I'd usually 100%. put a, a simple arm movement in, um, especially if it's a male. And if it, that female loves training arms as well, fantastic, you know. Tricep, um, another good machine. Obviously, it depends on the gym availability, but just a tricep push down machine, like a tricep dip, yeah, machine, yeah. like a weight, a pin loaded tricep dip machine. That's that's always majority, a, majority of pure gyms, well. do, yeah, pure yeah. gyms and stuff do have them. Um, yeah, commercial gyms do. Then so, and and then normally I then end on like a lat raise, simple movement yeah. of a of, of a dumbbell to get them into the just the routine of using dumbbells and you getting into in the, into that area. Because you have to start light. Form is pretty self-explanatory. Um, and then from there, you can just, okay, well, that, well, that's six exercises. From there, just then consistency of getting better with those. Then you can become yeah. more advanced after a 10, 12-week period. But initially, yeah. that's we've got to get started somewhere. Then yeah. it, in regards to lower, we'll just batter through it. So I beginner-wise, I always start leg press. 100%. 100%. Um, yeah. I think that's just something that is just very simple, very easy to jump on. And a lot of people have used it before. Even if they're beginner, they probably used it in school. They probably used it when they went to the gym once in a lifetime before. They probably used a leg press because it looks. Especially if one of those, especially if it's one of those pin loaded ones, yeah. as opposed to the ones where you put the plates on. Yeah, because because it, it feels like any, uh, it feels like a comfortable machine when you first go into the gym. So I like to keep that. Um, then, second leg exercise. What would you say? Uh, again, it depends on the person. I'd like to keep a compound in there. Um, I, so I, me, I, I would uh, normally say a goblet squat. A goblet squat, or I would go a a lunge or a step up, um, which is yeah. very similar. Yeah. Again, it depends on the individual. A step up, I think, would be better for a, for a beginner, like a, mm -hmm. someone who's brand new to, to the gym. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's what I'd go for after after that. What about, so, yeah. what, so that's two. Yeah, Next so one. then I would go leg extension, line hamstring, kill. Or seated yeah, hamstring curl. Um, 
the easy machines to use, easy machines to set up. I said, if they don't have a lying hamstring curl, you want to do a seated hamstring curl. If they don't have a seated hamstring curl, you do the lying hamstring curl. That's yeah. then four exercises boxed off. If you're the lad yeah. in general, then I'd only put calves in. Yeah. Um, but if not, doing something like finishing off on maybe something such as um like if you're not going to do a goblet squat finish off on like a, a bodyweight squat or um any sort of just sort of i'd say like a more like a finisher movement yeah so for females i'd like to put in a like a glute drive so yeah, just lying on lying lying on lying on your back and then yeah. having just a dumbbell on your hips and just bringing your bringing your glutes up and like making sure we've got a good two three second squeeze at the top, all nice and controlled. Yeah. But yeah. generally for a female, I'd like to see that. And and then full body, it's then just mixing the two. Um, Literally, yeah. And and you just keep it as simple as that. To be honest, if you're a beginner, I'd happily not change much on full body and just split the two. Maybe I'd add in one or two variations of exercises, but other than that, I'd say just get used to these movements and keep progressing on them particular movements. Okay, what am I going to do? Sets and reps. Realistically, I'd aim for between I'd aim for three sets on each. Aim between eight to twelve reps. Keep it as simple as that. It doesn't have yep. to be any more complicated. When you yep. move for, further forward down the line, then you can focus more on you know maybe doing the odd exercise at five reps, the odd exercise at this sets. But for now, it doesn't matter. You're a beginner. Don't get too ahead of yourself. This is exactly what you need to be following. It's just the consistency of these movements now that are going to help you get to where you need to be. 100%. Okay. One, thing I'd, one thing I'd add to that before we move on. In terms of how you structure your week in terms of the gym, I would always have upper lower together. So try and do them on consecutive days and then have full body at least 24 hours away from those first two sessions. So whether you start the week off with full body and then you end the week with upper lower or other way around, make sure there's always at least 24 hours between yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. But easy, easy. It, it, you you know. could ask anything simpler. When you think about it that way, you've got four days of not training. So if you ask yourself, you know, whether you can or can't do it, you know, you can. Uh, them sessions we also mentioned can easily be boxed off in about 45 minutes to an hour. Easily. Exactly. Easy. Uh, especially the leg one. Especially we're using a lot of machines. All you need to do is go on the machines. Something big as well as I'd tell all my beginners to do and this was quite funny because I went to do a session with one of my clients uh, a week or two ago and we went upstairs to do the line hamstring curl and someone was on the machine and he was like oh do you want to go uh, and just do the next exercise then and I was like what do you mean I was like no I just walked straight over to the person on the line hamstring curl machine and say can we just jump in with you you've got to get used to doing that Otherwise, you're yeah. just going to be wasting so much time in the gym. Yeah. I went up to this person. Can we jump in on a line like uh, the hamstring curl with you? Yes, you can. Okay. We done one set. The person then left. So it, it's number one, it hurries up that person so that we can actually, you can actually then have the machine. And number yeah. two, you can actually then start meeting people in the gym by doing that. Number three, the amount of confidence it builds, you asking someone if you can jump on a machine with them is huge. Um, yeah. you know, I had a client m- message me and she was like, I just, I just asked someone if they can jump, if I can go in the machine with them. And they said, yeah. And I was like, well, obviously they'll say, yeah, but it's just, it's just a big confidence win. That, um, yeah. it's something I'd recommend to everyone. And if anything, um, as I said, you get to meet new people in the gym. The amount of people I've met in the gym, just by saying to them, can I jump on the machine with you? Um, 
makes start life getting, so much. Start, start, start chatting, you know. Yeah, start chatting and then um, you'd never know. A lot of the people who, you know, would listen to this podcast are people who want to be high achievers and high performers. What if you jump onto a machine with someone that's within in the same business that you are, but in a higher position? And you start chatting about work and they're like, oh my God, I've actually been looking for someone in this role. Yeah. Um, you just don't know. You just never you know. Don't, you don't know. You've got to just put yourself open. in positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've got to put yourself in a position for like the universe to provide or whatever. You and know what do, I mean? you know, do you know what? Some of my best sessions have been when I've asked people um, to jump on a machine with them. You know, this is months back now, but yeah, when training, doing, um, I was doing rows. And I asked this guy if I could jump on the free weight row with him. And he was like, yeah, fine. So we were there together and he was pushing me hard. I didn't even know this guy. I actually still don't know his name. But he um, he was pushing me and I hit a PB on the row. And it was good form. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because why? There was a pay- I asked if I could jump on the machine with that person. Exactly. So exactly. that's training, training boxed off. I said, don't make it more complicated than what it has to be. You know, we've literally gave you exercises there. If you don't know how to do the exercises, go on YouTube, type in the exercise name that we've given. You will have hundreds of videos explaining the same exercise. You will find out what to do. It's not difficult to do that, to find what how to, to perform the technique. One thing I'd say as well before you do watch them videos, get a notepad piece of paper and write down the cues that the people give. And you've got more than enough free information to get started. Yep. Um, in regards to people who do step, so I would also say 8,000 is the minimum. Dependent, if I've had someone come to me and they're like 25 stone plus, that's a different situation, but that's a rare occasion. But on yep. average, I'd say 8K steps. What would you do in the situation of someone that consistently hits like 15, 16,000 in work? Just, I would just say... I, I I just say crap the fuck on like, awesome you know you're in a position now where we're more likely to be flexible with food because you are spending more energy on a daily basis mm-hmm. I'd make sure that they carry on doing that at the weekend I'd say make sure you're still active at the weekend do you not do you not think that their be- their body gets used to that amount of activity and that it doesn't burn as much as that would say it would do normally uh potentially but i think the likelihood of that person being in a calorie deficit is highly unlikely otherwise you know they wouldn't be in the position where they are now that person doesn't have any habits around food like their protein is likely going to be low with that level of expenditure protein could be in a really good place that's only going to help fat loss so you are right but i think there's a load of other low-hanging fruit that they're probably likelihood not doing at which point don't worry about it just you know make the most of the fact you have an active job and let's make let's use that to our advantage you know i've had uh, a laborer, a builder laborer who do like 30,000 steps a day. He started losing weight on, granted, he was quite well trained and he wasn't a beginner, but he was losing losing weight on like 3,000 calories. I was like, you're a twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, there's that. And then I've also had uh, a landscape gardener who would regularly do 20,000 steps a day. Um, and he just, yeah, just weight fell off him when we got him in a calorie deficit, when he was in a routine with food, when his protein was high enough, when he was resistance training twice a week. It was only twice a week as well. So, you know, there's, there's low-hanging fruit um, it, it, around it always that. It always blows my mind to think how much people must be eating. For me, because... for me, it's, I often find it's the, they don't think they're eating a huge amount. And that's just a, a bit of lack of education around what's in the food that you're eating and how many calories are in food. But always, 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 it's a weekend. It's what, what we're doing over the weekend where 
you can have a, a four, 5,000 calorie, you know, night out and then the, yeah. hang, the hangover where there's zero movement um, and there's likely going to be some more salty food involved in that day as well. That's when the overall average calories across the week comes in far higher. The amount of people who I have who come to me and they we, we jump on board and we get them going and stuff that I sound it doesn't even feel like I'm dieting. I'm so full all the time. Number one, that's because your protein is a lot higher. And number two, you probably are eating more food generally day to day, but it's what you're doing consistently across the week that matters. So you're probably eating less of a weekend and more in the week but the overall average is much lower than where it was hence why we start to lose weight and obviously resistance training coming in on that as well it's like even uh, in that case i see a lot of people when eating things like your sweets your desserts your little slices of cake you don't realize how many calories are actually in them and then it doesn't actually feel like you're eating much food because a small slice of cake doesn't feel like you're eating much food at all, you know. No. When when it comes even to like, having, go on. Sorry, go on. I was going to say even like a, a slice of peanut butter jam on toast, or even just peanut butter on toast. Yeah. You know, not satiating. Going to be low in protein and probably an easy three 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 hundred fifty calories potentially. One hundred fifty calories of peanut butter is not, you know, not unrealistic. And a slice of a slice of toast probably one hundred fifty calories, two hundred calories. So you know. It's easy to do. And it's even things that you might say, quote unquote, say are healthy. Like, for example, when we went out for food not too long ago, um, or it was actually last week, um, and I had a a three-scrambled egg omelette. The difference is, is that, yes, it's a three-scrambled egg omelette. Normally, I asked for without cheese, but normally there would be cheese in there. You don't realize how much cheese they're putting in. Next is how much butter they would have used in that as well to make them eggs, because I could taste that from a mile away. Where, while yeah. I was eating it, I was thinking to myself, this does not taste like normal scrambled egg that I would yeah. make. And I think it's because there's about a, about eight, eight with the um, there is butter in there. Literally, but, there's a reason why food out tastes better because they will use butter, yeah. oils, creams, like, you know, full fat stuff. Like there's a reason it always tastes good. So it's, everything is usually cooked in butter and oil. It's easy to not, you know, to even think you're eating eating healthy and you're realistically not. You know, it, it, it can literally be as simple as I'm going to have avocado on toast. Yeah, that seems healthy. One avocado is not low on low in calories. Yeah. Neither is one thing. I'd, neither is a thick slice of sourdough bread either. Yeah. One thing I'd say in response to that is there's a difference between eating healthy and eating to lose weight. Avocado is a healthy choice. There's nothing, no two ways about it. It's full of fiber. It's full of, I think it's polyunsaturated fatty acids. You know, it is a good, healthy option. However, it's a good, diet, it's a good dietary fat. Yeah, it's a good dietary fat. It's good for you, but, you know, it is high in calories. So one thing I always say to my clients is there is a difference to, especially when a client first comes on board, you know, I feel like I eat healthy. Cool. And that, but there is a, but there's a, eating to lose weight and eating to eat healthy are two very different things. You can, be losing weight and do not have a healthy diet at all. You can not lose weight and have a very healthy diet. You know, it's two separate things and it's just putting those two separate and understanding them. And then, you know, you can absolutely lose weight and still have a healthy diet. It's just the understanding around those two concepts. It's it's dictating the portion control. It's dictating the how much avocado you have and it's the dictating the how much bread you have and it's the dictating all that. It yeah. is healthier foods than your normal healthier foods. Um, yeah, but as you said it's, you're right in what you're saying. The fact that there's one side of losing weight, there's one side of 
um eating healthy eating healthy yeah yeah so for people listen to this where you've got everything basically you need you know how many calories you should be on you've got a plan to follow in general you know how to work around protein now i'd always make sure you've downloaded my fitness pal my fitness pal or um whatever nutri checker or whatever but i'd always go my fitness pal um and in regards to steps, you know how to be doing steps. And steps, you want to break it down. I try my best to break it down for myself, but normally I end up just leaving myself walking for about two hours of an evening. <laughs> um, but how I would go about it is split. If you're doing 12,000 steps a day, four, four 3,000 step walks. Yeah. If you're... The biggest thing... Sorry, go on. If, 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 you're, on a, if you're, you know, working at home and maybe you've got a phone call from a friend... Well, get up off the couch and walk around the house while doing it. Yeah. When when you go to the gym, end your session with a 20-minute walk. When you're in the gym, stand up off machines in between sets and just pace back and forth. It's uh-huh. it, You don't realize how much steps these add in. But I'd always say the first thing you should do is get get up a little bit earlier and just make sure you get outside and get some steps in. And It certainly helps if you can start your day off. 100 you know start, start, like, as well yeah yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely absolutely um, but like if you can if you can start the day off with some steps which makes it easier for the rest of the day um and then if you can start the day off with a high protein meal it means you've got less protein to hit across the rest of the day as well you know yeah. like you said there's nothing worse than being coming to the six o'clock at night and you're like shit i've still got six thousand steps to do like the big the big thing for me around steps i'd say is just that it's embracing the mindset of i i need to do ten thousand steps a day that's the yeah. You know, I had one client who said, oh, I'm struggling to hit my steps. I've just got nothing to go out and do a walk for. I'm like, yes, you do. You're going out to go for a walk so you can hit your steps. It's that mindset switch of, you know, I will hit 10,000 steps a day. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it is just making that the normal as well. After about a week, two weeks, that that becomes the normal amount of steps that you'll be hitting in anyway. Get it as part of your routine. Yeah. And um, whether it's raining or not, you've got to make sure they get done. So best thing I could even say, two of the best purchases I've ever made was a raincoat specifically for um, my walk in the parks and also waterproof shoes. They're by far the best things I've ever bought. The waterproof shoes, you can get them now on Nike, do about a million different pairs, 60, 70 pounds fully waterproof i actually remember walking through puddles that were like covered like a half of my shoe (laughs) and and my feet did not get wet and i remember walking home the whole thing i was thinking was i've just made the best purchase of my life Uh that's all i was thinking but it's making it as easy as possible for you as well with that yeah definitely definitely set yourself up for success with it you know start the day off strong get in the habit of doing that and um you know you'll find it's just the norm you'll find it's the norm at that point a couple of other things I'd say would go over as well in regards to habits. You need to be making sure you're having good sleep, seven hours at least. You've got to be making sure that you're hitting water. I'd always say for people that don't drink much water at all, start with two liters, but I at least want to be minimum three liters. Um, also moving forward, you've got to be able to um, water, sleep. You've got your steps, you've got your um, tracking of your food. Um, is there any other habits I'm missing there? No, I don't think so. No sleep isn't what we've really touched on, but yeah, no. a solid sleep routine. I, I, solid sleep routine. I don't, I don't think we should go into sleep all that much now. Like no, just, but 
if I was to describe it to you guys, I think sleep is the basis of good exercise and good nutrition. A hundred percent. You know, if you have adequate sleep, you will be more motivated. You will be less hungry. You will have much more willpower. You will have more energy. You know, it is a foundation, a foundational behavior. And the best advice I could give to anyone is try and get into a sleep routine. Of I go to bed at this time, I wake up at this time, regardless if it's, you know, we, you know, give yourself half, half an hour to an hour, maybe plus or minus over the weekend, but try and have a solid sleep well have a solid sleep routine um because that will just set you up for for success and making sure that sleep routine is eight hours seven eight hours as a minimum um and hold yourself responsible to that you know be disciplined around that you know this is my bedtime this is when i go to sleep because setting boundaries that, setting boundaries yeah, if you can get into a solid routine with that you will it'll just help make things so much easier don't get me wrong you know life is stressful sleep will always be up and down in some way shape or form but regardless of that i go to bed at this time and i wake up at this time you want you want to aim for the 80 90 of your days to be for you to be out getting good sleep there's always going to yeah. be exceptions there's going to be extra stressful days there's going to always going to be social occasions that will affect your sleep that's normal but you want to make sure that on on um, you know out of seven days at least five are on the ball that's what you want to be aiming for at least in regards to this as well yeah you can listen to this podcast and this can feel very overwhelming but a lot of the things we've given you are very simplistic so all you need to do is just start getting that ball rolling so whether this week it means that you're getting good sleep and drinking your water the next week it means you're then tracking your calories and starting in the gym you take it at your own pace i have people who join this i have people who join my program and they're they're on it from day one and it is perfect and it's been perfect since I have people who join my program and it takes them a month and a half to really get into that full routine of it. This is all dependent on you and what works for you. It's going to be overwhelming. Yeah. It's a massive change is going to be scary, but what did you expect? At the end of the day, you've made all these mistakes and all these bad decisions that have got you to where you are today. It's not going to be easy to reverse them. That's the consequence of your actions. From here, you have to put in the way to get to where you need to be. This is not going to be easy. But the mistakes you made were also not easy either. So let's choose hard because hard things means an easy life. Yeah. So famous, um, I say famous, some of the best quotes that we've said to each other. I know we said this on a previous podcast, but nothing changes if nothing changes. You know, that, that's that's the reality of it. And I think this is a good thing to finish on, actually. I would say to the person listening to this, just try and be 1% better week on week. Like Joe said, like you said, Ben, Joe, start with, you know, let's just try and get to the gym three times this week or start with, I'm going to track my food for this week or with the food or water or whatever it is. Like if you do feel overwhelmed, break it down, break it down, get consistent with something and just try and be that 1% better week on week. Yeah all this will do is just show you that you're actually capable of yeah and and, you go, and go as you start taking steps forwards you sub, subconsciously consciously build more self-belief i know i like oh i can i can i, I think i can do this I've, I've proven to myself i can do it you know so, so self, self-esteem build self-belief yeah um always these are going to be wins wins that you've never had before you could never say that you went to the gym consistently for six weeks 
say that you can go to the gym consistently for six weeks, six weeks, what does that then mean? That means then you can track calories for six weeks and be successful because you've shown that if you can go to the gym for six weeks, you can track food for six weeks. If you just showed that, that means you can get good sleep for six weeks. You've shown what you can do. Just go and do it. Um, yeah. I'd also, got- I'd also say, sorry, that before I forget it, I think this is quite valuable. Enthusiasm will get you started. Results will keep you motivated. I always say that when you are motivated, find someone to actually help you and to help push you forward. If you don't do that while motivated, when you drop motivation, then you normally just give up. If you have a coach, it's guaranteed that you're going to get to where you need to be because when you're not motivated, you know exactly what to do. 